Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Everybody and welcome back to your favorite show in the entire world that's in podcast form and talking about G.I. Joe with me on it. It's knowing is half the podcast. That is a 100% accurate statement you just made. So congratulations. I did it? No, it wasn't a good intro. Oh, an intro, it was absolute garbage. <laughs> the information you provided was factual. Isn't that where we start, though, Chan? We start with me not screwing up the information itself and then move on to me doing a good job with the intro? One hopes. I mean, this is episode 18. We're talking about a little episode called Phantom Brigade. But first off, I am Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Chan. I'm Gene Ippolito. And we this is a very interesting episode. This episode asks a lot of questions and then doesn't really answer them. Oh, metaphysical is, questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I dug this episode because it was the first episode that... On purpose, purposely, yes, introduced a little bit of sci-fi mysticism type stuff. Yeah, ghost of science fiction. Well, what what would you consider supernatural? Supernatural, supernatural. Elements. All right. I mean, yeah. we kind of hypothesize Zartan might be an alien, but that's not for sure. Yeah, that's why I'm saying this is this is the first time that it's it's on purpose where there it's not just them being ridiculous. Where they were like, yeah, I feel like maybe this was like a Halloween episode back in okay. the day. Okay. Ooh. Well, except they do them like one a day. So, this so would have not. this would have come out late September, or maybe early October. So this, the, yeah, the, the show first started maybe, um, not that long, uh, uh, not that many weeks ago in September mm-hmm. of nineteen eighty five is when it started, and this would have mm-hmm. been like uh, towards the tail end of week three. So it's very possible it's an October episode. Yeah. I go with Gina's hypothesis mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Was it written to be one? Probably not. It just probably worked it out that way. It just seems so out of character. <laughs> yeah, this is this one just felt different than a lot of the other ones. There's a general there was like no science. There was no science. Yeah, there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of yelling. <laughs> That's why I liked it. <laughs> so we open up with uh, Major Blood and his Fang and all the uh, the. Fire bats are attacking this nebulous base, which I assumed was Russian, right? We yeah, all immediately I, I assumed it was Russian. Because the guy's like, hey, my name's uh, uh, Ivan. Hey, this is Ivan. They are attacking us right now. Actually, he called himself Ivan, and his commanding officer was like, no, Ivan. I thought it was the other <laughs> way around. I thought he called himself Ivan, and the guy called him Ivan. No, no. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
I don't remember, but I, <laughs> I remember I did write down Russians, question mark? Yeah, they're very clearly Russians, and then we find out like a minute later, no. They're Transylvanians? They're Transylvanians, <laughs> yes. They're in some nebulous, as I said before, Eastern European yeah, <laughs> country. It's very... it, is, it is kind of weird that, uh, um, who was it? Was it uh, Roadblock who said, man, you guys sound just like Dracula. Yeah. No, it was very left like field. You sound like Count Dracula. Yeah. What, what do you should, what, Super racially insensitive. What I wanted Yvonne to say there is, is Gung Ho says, uh, you guys sound just like Dracula. And Yvonne turns about, really? You sound like a guy giving crappy exposition. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to be like, not cool, man. You can't just go to a country and tell their native people they sound like Count Dracula. <laughs> just a bunch of Draculas to you? Is that all we are? Is that, is that all we're doing here today? We're going to suck your blood? Yeah. You're going to wear a cape? Is that what you want? Gung Ho? There's, there's a couple of uh, uh, cultural insensitivities here. Also, the the portrayal of an old gypsy woman, I'm sure, probably wouldn't be appreciated I mean, nowadays. if we're going to keep going on like that, what what accents are we using for the Mongolians? <laughs> uh, we're using, a, well, we're using, well, here's the deal. What I loved about this is the use of double female roles. Yeah. So you, you had the woman who plays the Baroness, whose name I don't have in front of me, but she also played the gypsy woman. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Oh. Uh, I'm, yes. Wait. No, I'm wrong. Excuse me. It's the vo- woman who played the voice of Scarlet mm-hmm. does the gypsy woman with okay. the most outlandish, yeah. offensive accent you can do. And then the woman who played the Mongolian was the Baroness doing the um, exact same accent. God, yeah. the exact. She just did the Baroness's voice, mm-hmm. which is weird, except for the fact that they talked like almost to each other. Yeah, there <laughs> were the a, lot of, a lot of ladies in this episode, which was cool. There were, although many of them were dead. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and what happened to the gypsy woman? Well, we'll get there in just a sec. Cause yeah, the first yeah. off is the, the drama. Cover girl trying to steal Duke away yeah. from Scarlet. So Hello. first of all, Bechdel test pass right here. Whoa. Because Cover Girl talks to Scarlet. Hold on. No, it, she talks to him first. She talks to her first not just about Duke. She talks to her first about the mission. Wait a sec here. Well, let's, let's, let's look for it. Duke, come in, please. Okay, all right. It's if we a, count that as lo- two it's sentences, it's a low it, bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's a low bar. So she said. So she she radios in. Of course, she doesn't realize it's going to be Cover Girl that answers her. But then right. Cover She's Girl says, "Right it. here, Scarlet." So that one exchange passes the Bechdel test. Then they immediately start talking about Duke and fighting about Duke. So if it had just been that exchange, it wouldn't have no passed. good. Right. See, what is that about? Uh, like uh, she was expecting Duke to answer. Cover girl's driving. Why is she picking up the CB and talking? <laughs> I think she wanted to do it to to mess with it. Yeah, uh, and Duke is right there. He could have grabbed it. He didn't have to be like, whatever. I'll just let these bitches fight it out over me. I mean, here's yeah. here's my thing: is like the ratio of girls to guys is is surprisingly high. Is I mean, there's only like, but in the GI Joe, like on the base, the ratio of guys to girls is like a hundred to three. Right, right. So if I was on that base, <laughs> the second a dude started playing mind games like this, I would be like, "Fuck you!" There's ninety nine other guys I can sleep with. <laughs> it's all true. Uh, I just like it's kind of that situation where like if you're you know uh, you're cheating on your girlfriend and then your uh, and then your girlfriend calls you and then the girl you're cheating with answers the phone mm-hmm. when she thinks she's getting you like that's that's a catty thing to do like that's that's definitely like I got your man yeah boom I got your boy yeah she shouldn't have boom, answered and man. then and then I really hope that she actually said it into the radio I really hope she said that part where she goes I bet he is oh okay oh into she absolutely did I, right. I hope it was still turned it, on it is GI Joe right there so even if she didn't ever 
everybody still heard it at the <laughs> same time. So we, we already established that. Yep. Um, yeah, it's real insulting when he says you guys are just a bunch of Draculas. I just have a separate note for that. Just yeah. like, dude, you come to my country and then you just like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's also, like if they, if they were to go to China and be like, you guys all look like Jackie Chan. You guys know that you all look like Jackie Chan? Uh, well, it's let, offensive. Let me play this real quick. This is this is what they sound like. Um, we appreciate your help against Cobra. That does, like, now that I hear it, it does sound, because it's, it's in the... appreciate your help. Appreciate your help against Cobra. But it's in the ups and downs. It's in the, it's okay. in the we appreciate your help. Oh, okay. Like, it's so, that okay, I part gotcha. that sounds like Count okay. Dracula. You know what? Yeah, I yeah. see it now. Clearly, like, gotcha. the accent is slightly off, but it's the it's where they place the emphasis on the... Emphasis, emphasis on those wrong syllables. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. I know, Chang, that's what you're going for, right? Yep. Still yep. super weird. This was the first episode, like, is is... Is the Baroness an ex-gypsy? Is she supposed to be from this country? She's from Eastern Europe. Like she is, a, she is a Baroness from an Eastern European nation in the storylines. So D- she knows about this culture. She comes from this neck. Of, this might not be exactly where she's from, but, but she, she's from nearby. Okay. Okay. Because at some like, point she's given exposition, and I'm like, "Whoa! How does she know all this?" It, this is her jam. This is the world she grew up in. Yeah. As a cultured, that's also part of the deal is that she's sort of an elitist, and the gypsy woman is sort of like you know a, a, a vagabond trash. Yeah. And she doesn't like you can't trust these people. They're low status, and there's yeah. a little bit of that going on with the with the thing as well. She's, I did just go uh, make a quick uh, look see at the Baroness's index card. Yeah. And it. Uh, Oh my goodness, I didn't even notice her name. Wow. We'll get back to that. Uh, she's the spoiled offspring of wealthy European aristocrats. I was kind of hoping there would be a, pl- a place. An actual place. Birthplace yeah. classified. Oh. Does classified just mean they were too lazy to come up? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, her name is Anastasia de Cobre. Oh. oh, I did know that. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so for years, all of Cobra was trying to trying to convert someone from her family by yeah, just being yeah. like, "Come on, it'll be perfect." <laughs> Your name's already there. It's like, it's like when weathermen are named like Stormy Clouds or something. Dallas Rains. Uh-huh. I think maybe they just add like a little Y to uh, her uniforms that yeah. always say Cobra. De Cobre. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, so uh, at this point during the battle, Major Blood gets pissed off because he starts screaming at the fire bat pilots. They're mm-hmm. like, we're outnumbered. Their planes are better than ours, and we're almost out of fuel. Whoop, I'm out. Smart. That's like that's smart of them. I'm yeah. glad they mm-hmm. did it. At which point, Major Blood's screaming at him like, you guys are losers. And then Major Blood gets back to base. Whoop, flip it on its head. Cobra Commander's like, Major Blood, your guys are losers, and you're a loser for, ma- for being the major <laughs> of these guys. No, he knows what he's going to get. When he go- gets back to base, Cobra Commander's going to give him exactly the same line. So he's, you know, he's just taking it out on them. Yeah. It's, that's what they say in a corporation. Poop goes downhill. <laughs> <laughs> that's always how it goes down. So um, we learned a little bit about how ghosts are manufactured in this episode. Mm-hmm. Sp- Seems accurate, actually. I, it feels right to me, right? Yeah. I, like, I actually thought that, that they put a lot of thought into this. Did they? <laughs> It, I mean, more so than they would for other storylines. You know, it felt like they put some thought into it. And what? I guess that's all I'm going no, I for. No, I feel like because a lot of times in ancient lore, there is some sort of totem involved mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. raising the dead. Yeah. So they clearly sort of knew a general background of like, hey, how would may, perhaps a gypsy actually raise the dead? A and- gypsy queen. <laughs> oh, a gypsy queen. Uh, she says specifically... Never touch a gypsy, gypsy queen without permission. I feel like yeah. that was like a, a, a Rolling Stones and... song from the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, never yeah, tuck a gypsy queen. Yeah, never uh, tuck a gypsy queen. Yeah. Never tuck a gypsy <laughs> queen. Into bed, into bed because, because she, will... she likes to be loose and she yeah. doesn't like the covers too tucked. Mm-hmm. 
No, then she'll raise the dead on you, and it just doesn't end well. <laughs> mm. uh, so the, the, officially the rules of this world, ghosts that die by accident or treachery. Do not That's how you come back. Or the other side. They don't go. I feel like that, yeah, that cover, this, this covers is, a lot. This is a little bit of a weird thing, though, because she says, okay, it's people who died by accident or treachery. Mm. And then she says, over the last 2,000 years of world history, I found three. <laughs> Well, I'd like to believe there's probably a bigger pool maybe she could have drawn from. Well, I think like probably three that she could easily access their graves and dig up a personal effect, maybe. Maybe. I guess in theory it would all be three people who had been like died in this general part of the world, which if you think about it, World War One, the Roman Empire yeah. and, a, and a Mongolian, they all could have had battles that happened in this part of the world. But also she's probably like, because I mean, I'm sure lots of farmers die by accident, but you don't want them fighting for Cobra. <laughs> don't you? They're not going to be doing any good. How accidental can it be if you're a warrior and you die fighting? Well, those guys, they all died by treachery. That's what I'm wondering. Like, who is the treachery guy? Because you ended up with a, a World War One flying ace, American kid. Shot down by Germans. Shot down Tre- by treachery. That's a, I don't think that's treachery. I think that was pretty... That treachery is getting stabbed in the back. They stabbed him in the face. Is it possible that like somebody yeah. sabotaged his plane and that's why he didn't like he wasn't able to maneuver like he normally would? Or maybe it's an accident because he didn't intend to die. Well, who does, Gina? That no, but no, but like sense. he didn't see it coming because because later on he says like I was on my way back. But he knew the Germans. He had a little tussle with the Germans. Oh yeah, that's right. Maybe he got shot down by friendly fire by accident on his way home. I feel like you have to know that you're being uh, uh, treacherized against for that to count. I-, I think I think that this I think that this probably I think that maybe the writers were just like. In, like yeah. using treachery to mean everything. <laughs> but they, they, they make very specific <laughs> rules, and you have a Roman soldier who uh-huh. gambled away his money and like shamed his family, and you don't really hear about how he died, so we don't know what's up You know what? That. I bet you he died at the gambling table. That would make sense. Okay. He lost his lucky coin, and then you know, like someone shivved him later that night. And then so. the oh, Mongolian uh-huh. woman on horseback uh, with like a, a bow and arrow who mm. we don't really – like her husband died, yeah, right? Yeah, she was sad. And she was sad. Yeah. I guess I just don't see where the treachery or the accident comes in. Well, we don't know how she died. I figure all three got fell into a combine at some point. Also, That's my let's theory. not forget, 21-minute episode. There was probably this entire backstory yeah. mm-hmm. where there was like entire mm-hmm. scenes where she's in love with her husband and they're yeah. riding a horseback together. I have to say, I was very, I was about to write, uh-oh, when they said Mongolian warrior, <clears throat> because in my head, I was like, oh God, this is not going to gonna be good. And then when it turned out to be a woman, that was a delightful surprise. Progressive. Sure. Yeah, yeah, progressive, because... It, Everyone's mind immediately is going to go to man. Big beefy dude with a helmet and That's a big sword. That's literally what I was thinking. Like uh, the, I was thinking he's going to look like Genghis Khan. Yeah, Genghis Khan is who and I picture. And then it's a sexy lady. I'll tell looking, you what. I feel looking. like I feel like there was a note handed down this very episode. That's like you guys need to put more women into this thing because it's a total sausage fest. And like, all right, fine. You want that? Here's a ghost lady. Here's two of the three women we have. Here's the Baroness and a gypsy queen. And a I gypsy mean, queen. Five. A five fur. Yeah. I mean, I mean, also, the like it passes the Bechdel test. I mean, you only need to pass it once, but several interactions between women in this in this episode. Yeah. And, and the weird wild thing is they, they present the plan. And Cobra Commander's like, I got this thing with ghosts. And then immediately the Baroness is like, fuck you. Yeah. This plan is bullshit. I really liked the the pilot. I wrote uh, even before he turned out to be the good guy. Yeah, he was. Cool. I wrote, "Oh, what a sweet little boy." I don't know. I was always on the side of the Mongolian. <laughs> Just because she was hot, though. 
I feel like the the Roman guy got got short of sort of the short straw here. We he know did, we he know, wasn't necessary. Yeah, we know very little about him. Um, I liked him though. I just liked the idea of the fact that he was trying to be a stoic Roman uh, a centurion. Yeah. And they got to work in that great great Caesar's ghost reference in uh-huh, there, which uh-huh, was kind of fun. Uh-huh. But I, I thought, mm. go on. I just thought it was uh, fun that um, you've got your your Mongolian warrior, your Roman warrior, and your American warrior. I just uh, <laughs> I feel like in the future, um, like American culture, we don't really think of it that way. But in the future, like three hundred, uh, six hundred years in the future, people will be like, I call upon the spirit of the American. And, yeah. you know, uh, it'll just be sort of a generic term. And what I mean, because like, we're this all is, warriors. Yeah. That's what Chance well, trying to say. You know, I'm saying this is what we think of. Feel stronger. When we think da, of like da, da, Roman da, warriors. Now we need to pay them royalty. About? Beyonce, isn't it? <laughs> the, like the Roman, like the Roman warriors. That's we think of uh, centurion and a Mongolian. We think yeah. of someone on a horse with an arrow. And like this is what they'll think of when they think of an American. Yeah. Fighting, whatever. A dude in a biplane. I got to say, I have no idea how how their ghost powers work because neither does anyone else. Well, here's the thing: like, like the the go, like raising the dead and their ghosts, and they're gonna like kill them. That that like sort of makes sense. But then somehow, like he's <laughs> shooting ghost flames at them. Yep. And Scary then somehow, ghost when she yeah. throws, when the Mongolian throws a spear, it freezes things mm-hmm. as Mongolians do on like, a normal basis. Like I was like, okay, I, I like I kind of wish they had just stuck to like poltergeist level things. Well, they did with the poor centurion. the centurion. I know. Again, he got the short end of the straw. He was able to like pull swords and then fling them through the air with a wave of his yeah, wrist. Yeah, see, like that. That to me makes sense as a ghost. Mm-hmm. But why are there ghost flames and ice and things? that sort of work? And sort of don't because, like, I mean, are they, I can't quite tell if they can feel those flames. Uh, and it only at one point it did set off the explosives, but it didn't always do real damage. Okay. Well, okay. that's where we get right here because the, the the base gets immediately attacked by all three ghosts. Yes. Right. And um, let's see. So you have the ghost fire. So it's 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 scary screaming. Like, if you shot at me with fire, that's bad enough. Sure. But if you shot me with fire and the fire grew a mouth and started screaming at me. That's terrifying. I will go poop myself immediately. That like, I'm done. Terrifying. That's I'm not going to that haunted house. I'll just put it out yeah. there. How does Wild Bill immediately know? How, first of all, how does he know so much about old planes? Oh, no, that makes oh, sense. Oh, because he's a pilot. Yeah, he's, he's a pilot. He studies okay. history. Okay. And in 1985, World War One would yeah. have been like people studying World War Two now. Okay. My other thought about Wild Bill is like it seems like he's more sober in this episode. He's way, way sober, sober in this sober episode. Like, yeah. I feel like in this episode, it was like his his he's been doing the twelve step program. You know, a- yeah. After the synthoid, where he was day drinking and then went up and did the uppers and came down and murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. And then shot that whole entire computer screen for no reason. I like to believe Duke called him into his office and said, <laughs> this "Wild is your Bill, last chance." This is an intervention yeah all we all love you wild bill He's you way need help less wild eh, you say that but i think that anybody anyone i don't care how drunk you are three ghosts show up and start trying to murder your friends you sober up boom like a yeah like oh okay let's start but he wasn't even he was like more muted like he he, his whole tone he wasn't he wasn't yeah he was do do you want me to play all the yeehaws (laughs) there were still plenty of yeehaws i mean there were still but i feel like i was actually thinking about the point where where buzz was talking about how at some point in the series they made shipwreck less misogynistic and more of like a well-rounded character. And I was like, I wonder if they did that with wild bill as well. I wonder if they were like, Oh, he's too much of a caricature. Let's tone it down. Cause mm. I like the new wild bill. I thought he was, 
He was great in this episode. He, he was didn't great. Annoy me at all. I, <laughs> I actually just believe that the reason why he wasn't phased by the ghost people showing up is he's hallucinated all this before. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's it's already Thursday. <laughs> yeah. And the ghosts are back again, except this time they're shooting scary screaming fire. Uh, while we're in the area, can I just mention that quick kick. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> three katanas? Really? You need three katanas? First three... Ha- oh, I see your point. Uh, what was he even doing in that warehouse? I don't even know. He was like, was sleeping. he trying to... He, he was, was sneaking around for no... Like, was he stealing things? What was he doing in this episode? <laughs> like, that was the uh, first time in the whole episode that I even noticed he was there. And then I don't remember him at all in you the know rest what? of the episode. You know what happened? They had two ghosts. They had the American and the Mongolian, and then they got the note from down high. I was like, you need more Italians in your episode. They're like, oh, Jesus. Uh, fine. Uh, uh, Robinson Trent. Blah. There you go. Uh, what's he do? What's his powers? Uh, he throws things, I guess. Well, Whatever. He has a sword, so therefore they need someone to sword fight with him. Yeah. Except, Although they don't actually sword fight. Except they don't really sword fight because he uses ghost poltergeist powers. But also, I just realized we haven't seen, uh, 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 what's his name? Storm Shadow? What's yeah. the good Storm guys? Shadow we haven't seen. What? Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. We haven't seen Snake Eyes in a really yes. long time. He was in, I want to say he was there during the Synthoid up, but he's been a background character most yeah. of the time. Which yeah, is, which is weird because he was he was heavily involved in the first few episodes and then they sort of, he, he died off a little. Uh, he'll be back. I feel like, okay. well, no, actually what I feel like is that they didn't realize how popular he was until they had got trucking along. Like, oh, geez, we got to put him in a I bunch of I don't know stuff. that I can agree with that, Chan, only because, if I can get real for a sec, is because oh, he was one of the real. focal points of the first <laughs> miniseries from 83. He was a focal point of the second miniseries. He was basically like a, a like Spock-level character from Star Trek. And so he was all over the first two miniseries. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're just trying to work in the other characters now because he was very popular okay. at that time. And, I, and they had two years of knowing it before this. Because I feel like he would have been a good one to have in here to sort of be the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Of to like, be the, the guy who doesn't speak is the voice of reason. Well, I mean, like he, he seems like he would be very like calm about everything and sort of know what's going on. But I don't know why I think that. Just because he seems more spiritual than the others to me. He's very spiritual. Yeah. So uh, one thing I thought was cool. But was also, the, he's yes. not real good with exposition. <laughs> no, not so great. He's good at helpful. he's good at that. Actually, I guess <laughs> Saying, like when okay. it, I guess when it comes down to it. It should have been Spirit would have probably been the been the best one instead yes. of Quick Quick instead of Quick Kick have Spirit well, be in there. So it would have been Spirit versus Spirits exactly, and then Wild Bill's Spirits. spirits. Yeah, no, <laughs> I put, saw that coming. Put that out. Is it weird that Roman Centurion knows the Force? Because he was picking up those panels and flipping them all over at Quick Kick I without mean, even touching anything. That is ghost powers to me. Ghost mm-hmm. powers do not include. I'm throwing a ghost spear at you, and it manages to freeze a building. The wild thing to me about this thing, though, is that the Centurion pulls Quick Kick's three swords away from him and then launches it back at him. Quick Kick pulls up a piece of what? Like particle board? Like whatever that was. And those three ninja swords bounce right off of it. (laughs) These are the worst swords. These are props. He brought props to a real fight. That explains why there are three of them. Also, it would be it would be smart if he was like, I'm going up against a ghost. I can't use real swords. They're just going to throw them right back at me. I'm going to use my rubber swords. (laughs) Uh, I mean, this is a munitions depot, so, I mean, those could have been metal things. Yeah. They could have been... I guess I wouldn't expect them to bounce off and go, boy, yo, 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 yo. I'm just saying. They're they're G.I. Joe swords. One thing I thought was cool in the way that they wrote it was um, G.I. Joe had an explanation 
like a real world explanation for every single thing that they were seeing as they were being ripped apart by ghosts. Yes. Mm. They were just like, oh, they have anti-grav weapons. They have yep. holograms. Mm-hmm. There's, they have a freeze weapon of some kind and they have a cloaking device. I mean, yes. those are all realistic things in the history of Cobra that we could have seen. Uh, we know what this is called. There is a parable explaining this. <laughs> it's the parable the of the three well. seers and the elephant. One of them touches the trunk. It's like, oh, it looks like a snake. And yes. one touches the uh, the leg. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, it's like a, you know, I don't a tree. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they all so, see something different in the dark. So I, I, I bet you in the uh, in the writer's room, they're all like, yeah, this is going to be, you know. Well, I actually like that only because, like, if, if, if a ghost walked into the room right now, none of the three of us would just be like, oh, cool, it's just a ghost that just walked in. We'd be like, okay, what's really happening here? Yes. And especially yes. in the heat of a battle, we'd just be trying to figure out, we got to beat this thing, we don't know what it is. What's the most logical thing that comes into your head that isn't a goddamn ghost? This is like a reverse <laughs> Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, Duke is pinned down next to explosives. Like you do. Because Duke is the worst planner and leader <laughs> of the Joe team. No wonder, they, no wonder they've tried to cycle him out. <laughs> uh, it, to be fair, uh, like if I was, if I was, if my girlfriend was on a mission and my side piece was there too, I might be like, oh God, what's going on? I don't know anything. And then, I can yeah. Get. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, oh crap, what am I doing? I haven't paying attention to what, what this battle has been going on for the past five minutes. Uh, something about a stealth device, I guess. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. They could well have been a normal plane just flying in and I wouldn't have noticed. One thing is how cool was that plane though? Like biplane? that was all, the biplane. It was all torn apart and ghostly. And I thought it was like, have you seen the movie heavy metal? It kind of reminded oh. me of like the undead plane from Heavy Metal, which oh, I right. uh-huh. I thought is I vaguely remember goddamn that awesome. I'll get you that. I'll give you that. And so it kind of had that shades of that to it as a little kid. Oh by the sure, who I watched that way too early. It didn't it, like I watched it when I was old, and okay. it didn't have enough hardcore sex for me. Well, that's the thing. It had enough hardcore sex for like a. A, like a nine-year-old ver- uh, right, exactly. to uh, sneak out and watch it and then uh, go be like, where are the boobies, where are the boobies, where the- oh my God, these <laughs> zombies. Okay, not sleeping, not going um, back to sleep. Not I saw Heavy Metal when I was 13. My dad rented it for me <laughs> oh. on the way home from <laughs> church. Oh, wow. However, the only version of the movie he'd ever seen was the edited for television version. <laughs> Oh. So he's just like, you should see this. This is cool, like cultural stuff and animation, and oh, you're going to really dear. appreciate this. And Did he watch it with year- you? No. Oh. And 13-year-old Ray really appreciated it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just was just like, I was just looking at him like, you suggested this for me? <laughs> and he's like, well, the only version I've seen is the edited for TVY. Is there some like offensive stuff in there? And I'm like, nah, it's cool. Have you ever told him the truth? No. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, here's the deal. He doesn't want to know. <laughs> so we have the second Bechdel test pass. What? Right here. What? Baroness shows up, right? Yeah. yeah. Baroness. Mm, mm. And and uh, I all I wrote was she talked to the Baroness. I don't know who she is. <laughs> I, don't know I think it was Scarlet. Okay. And there was... Oh, yeah, because she's talking to him about, uh, hey, I'll tell you what this... Uh, What's going on? It's ghosts and shit. Yeah. So this is that that interaction second time in the episode. And also, yep. this is the second time in recent history that both the Baroness and Destro it, have gone behind Cobra Commander's back and just been like, fuck that guy. It Whoa. was literally last episode. The Synthoid Conspiracy oh, Part yeah, 2. Yeah. Yeah. So like, why? And there's there's literally no repercussions ever. Well, to be fair, Cobra Commander did like say flat out to her face, I'm going to fire you as soon as these guys work out. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I'm sure she's obviously still in his employ in the next few episodes, as is Destro. That's some bad, uh, like, 
in every movie, every movie bad guy at some point is like, hey, let me kill one of my own men to keep the other men in line. Mm, and yeah. Cobra Commander's literally just like, ugh, guys not cool all right let's go about our business this is double on cobra commander because one he never finds out the baroness is the one who sold him out although he should have figured it out mm-hmm. and two he's such a terrible leader he basically walks to their face and she just goes hey baroness want to be cool when these ghosts win i get to fire your ass and throw you on the street ah <laughs> uh, no repercussions from this i'm sure a person who could completely sabotage me right now oh well it's just poor. Just bad <laughs> job, bad job, Cobra Commander. Also, there's a there's a vast difference right here. Like the Joes basically believe the Baroness right away. Yes. Well, I mean, Duke makes a comment about like she says it's ghosts. Who knows? But she did tell us exactly where Cobra Cobra's right. headquarters are. Mm. Which like they they, they I, and maybe this was on the cutting room floor. My first thing would be like, so this is obviously a trap, right? <laughs> Uh, they were pretty desperate in that moment, fighting a thing they didn't know what it was, and anybody announcing a solution, and the fact that Destro had just done it the previous episode, maybe they trust a little bit more right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean... Uh, the only thing I noticed from that scene was like, oh, we needed to pad an extra 20 seconds onto this script. Let's explain the plot again, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, these are. this is what a ghost is. This is how you defeat the ghost. You could have just. You could have just cut to, like... Well, uh, we believe what the Baroness told us about these ghosts. Let's go find these these items. What I just liked about it is just Duke's just like, now nah, I'm not saying you got to believe this crap. <laughs> We're going to go fight Cobra anyway, and then maybe some poop will happen. I don't know. But this is did, probably stupid. I don't know if they did. Like, I don't know if a little kid would pick up on the fact that, like, oh, we've got to get the totems and do something with them. Like, I don't know, because... In, well, the, in the episode, she, like she uses them to raise the dead, but do we ever see him be like... He holds it up and says, I control you now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. And you're even right. then, the World War One ace, when he's having his conversation... Because right now, we have our big dogfight of the entire deal. Yeah. Uh, Wild Bill uh, versus a sober Wild Bill. Maybe we yeah. should just call him Tame Bill. <laughs> With CoverGirl in there, just because... Yeah, because yeah, he needs somebody because he's piloting and now he's responsible. So he needs a second person to hold up the flag. He gets, the, that's a great plan. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing Smart. that, that he, the, the, the kid waited to getting up close to them before murdering yeah. everybody. Yeah. Holy but cow, still, they're I appreciate Americans. Also, they're Americans. Super shitty ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your orders are to fucking kill these people. And I like to think he was because he had a conscience. And yes. he was just like, all right, I'm going to let me just do a flyby to make oh, sure. I don't think but, that's how But not work. just that. It's it's that ghosts have already established in this episode that they can be immaterial or material whenever they want to be. And yet he's flying towards them. He sees the flag and then makes sure he doesn't hit them. Yeah. Why not fly through them? You're a ghost. But that's, I, that's like a, an instinct. That's a survival instinct. Even if you're a ghost, your instinct would be like, if someone threw something at you, you'd be like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's always the old Superman bit where Superman sits there and he gets shot with six bullets in a row. But as soon as the villain throws the gun, Superman's like, ah! <laughs> and he has to duck out of the way. Well, yeah. Well, he wants the bullets to hit him so that they don't f- hit hit innocent passersby. They just ricochet off of him. Yeah, he would do a much better job just dodging. <laughs> he could catch them. I'm just saying. That is true. I wonder how many people have been killed by bullets ricocheting off of Superman. I mean, this, all of them. This is all George Reeves' fault. Because <laughs> the, the blanks that they shoot at him... Are, uh, he doesn't have to dodge them. He just waits for the sound effects. But that gun actually would actually clock him. <laughs> that in. gun is real. <laughs> 
Um, there's a great so Wild Bill gets the pilot to come down to the ground, and uh, they have a nice little conversation about sure. what infants they're from. But Wild Bill's comment before you get to the part I know you're going to say is Wild Bill says I prefer to use my head, not my gun. Nope. And I'm like, since when, <laughs> nope. Wild Bill? That's what I'm saying. I think he's in a twelve step program. Did he learn that at his intervention? Yes. Because <laughs> he's used to bursting in the room and just screaming wildly <laughs> while just shooting whatever's in front of him. Yeah. He's like, never used his head once that we've ever saw. It's almost like they brought on a new writer who knew nothing about this character and <laughs> just assumed that they're all like normal military people <laughs> who had a solid sound military yeah. training he's the heart of this episode and that's weird <laughs> it feels weird it is weird it does feel weird but gina the thing you were going to talk about this is so sad it's really depressing it's so sad that it's poor really- boy <laughs> Because he's like a 19-year-old kid. I know. And he like has no idea he's dead. No clue. And then the other guys are making fun of him. Uh, yeah. The Centurion and the Mongolian yeah. girl are like, you're so stupid. <laughs> it was very sad. I don't know. I'm on the ghost side on this one. What? What? <laughs> Chan, you need to explain this. That's so wrong. What? It's fucking 19-year-old kid. Should have been in the first place. But boo-hoo. You miss your your Jenny. Your Jenny. Really? <laughs> This kid is like a Forrest Gump in a G.I. <laughs> Joe world. And this is before uh, phones existed, so he couldn't even call Jenny at 8675309. What? Why would you? To really? With the no. Thing. I, I get it. That doesn't I even make it. sense that you would bring that up. <laughs> I'm mad at myself uh. right now. <laughs> but yeah, he's like. He's They're terrible dead. to him. They're he's so dead. mean. They're dead. Yeah, but you he's actually nice. nice. You're dead. Uh, but he is. He doesn't have to he be. He is nice, and he wants things to work out. And he want. And like at some point, he's like, "Stop it! You're hurting them." Haven't remember you ever what it was like to be human? Remember what it was like to love Chan? Do you remember uh. what it was like to love Chan? <laughs> Listen. This is why when I die. I'm gonna be a mean ass ghost. Jen, you're the centurion in this in this scenario because he's the he's the one who takes the longest to come around. Yeah, that's because he's pissed. He doesn't have any awesome powers. <laughs> I have a feeling though that when Chan dies, it's not going to be due to accident or treachery. <laughs> I'll no, go ahead and put that out. No, there. I will be I will be locked in, uh, in a tower, and the villagers will be throwing uh, <laughs> torches at the base of it to burn me to death. But it will be deserved, so it won't be treachery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. So um, there's a great moment here where Cobra Commander, we go back to the base, and Cobra Commander sees the Arctic Cobra Trooper who's standing there being like, and we have this report in, really nothing to report, Cobra Commander. Yep. Cobra Commander immediately just turns and walks away. Uh-huh. And thank God he does, because one second later, on camera, G.I. <laughs> Joe knocks him out. Yep. <laughs> like, also, Cobra what? Commander, stay with the screen until it ends. <laughs> I'm just saying. Was that even necessary? The G.I. Joes have a big, are planning something big. Yeah. Really? <laughs> a little more information would be helpful. Just they're always planning something big. No, but Cobra's always planning something big. I, there are no small plans in G.I. Joe. That's actually why True. I thought uh, like my initial thought was, oh, this is one of the Joes in right. disguise. Yeah. This is one of the Joes just no. knocked out a, sto- a stormtrooper. <laughs> I mean, they were or pretty, whatever they're called. It was a pretty puffy costume. They wouldn't even have to, like yeah. well, Bill wouldn't even have to take off his hat. He could have just yeah. put this costume on over and, it. And, and considering the fact that most rank-and-file Cobra are just voiced by members of the Joe team anyway, <laughs> no. it would have thought. I was like, oh, this is a Joe like just being like, they're planning something big. I'll come. I'll get back to you like when I know what it is. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. And then, and then right before the battle, we just get a really like a weird moment of ennui as Roadblock, completely unprovoked, just says, I wonder what it's like. 
On the yeah. other side. Yeah. Yeah. And I got cold Heavy. blood working. Like, Roadblock is onto some stuff right there for like the 10 to 12 year olds yeah. that are watching this right now. They're not ready to deal with these types of thoughts. It was heavy. And also, it's even heavier when you consider that these three ghosts, it's established, have just like not have not been able to move on since they died, which in the Romans case was a long ass time. Minimum 1500 years ago. Yeah, So he's just not been able to move on for, for he's a ghost. (laughs) That's what ghosts do. No, you're supposed to cross over and have ghost sex. Whoa. Thank you. Wait a minute. (laughs) That's what the fighter pilot does. Yeah, exactly. And and we assume the Mongolian because she says, I get to be with my husband again. I get to be with my husband again. Yeah, what's that about? Why don't we get to see the Mongolian with with her dude? Because she can't fly, Chan. Uh, she's going to go away on her horse. So you wanted you wanted us to suddenly have a a shot where we cut to the afterworld for hot banging (laughs) ghost sex. Just her on top of him like a scene from heavy metal. No, Gina does. (laughs) And she's just rocking that Mongolian booty. Yeah. What? Now that I say it out loud, I wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah, I changed my mind. Chan, you're 100 percent right. I uh, yeah, no, no, like the roadblock thing just kind of stuck out to me as kind of weird. I was accepting of it because like, okay, yeah, we're mixing it up. We're gonna we're gonna uh, add colors to our palette, and we're you know it's gonna be it. a little bit moving, but also, I mean, yeah, I guess that is philosophy for like 12 year olds. Like, yeah. oh man, what? Yeah, that is a what thing. Is the huh? Afterlife like. I like this episode. I like that they're they're switching it up. Yeah. I like that because my my main complaint is how formulaic every episode sure. is. And this still was a little bit formulaic, but at least it was like, oh crap, ghosts talk yeah. talk about the afterlife. Whoa, yeah. this is a pretty dark episode. Yeah. Like all things considered, like this one gets into some heavy shit. Does I, Roadblock I dig it. never consider his own mortality? No. Do none of the GI Joes none of ever them do. consider their morality? I, no. No. I bet that they have been experimented on. By the U.S. government to not have the normal sense of fear and self-preservation that other people have. Why would you ever have fear when you know the lasers being shot at you can't hurt you (laughs) and you'll always eject from your plane no matter what? Hold on. The Cobras have fear. The Cobras are more human (laughs) than the Joes. Yeah. Yeah. The Firebat pilot earlier even says, like, I can't cash my Cobra commander check when I'm six feet under. Every Cobra, maybe that's the issue. Every Cobra soldier (laughs) is infinitely aware of his own mortality. And the Joes fight with reckless abandon because they are not. Because they were experimented on. Because they were experimented (laughs) on, yes. Then we have our big old battle. And I just have written here, like, nobody seems to think this plan is a bad idea. Like uh, uh, they're coming in, they have to rely on the fact that the World War One guy, who has already said, "I'm I need to fight at Cobra's side and not yours." They're relying on the fact that he's going to blow up the front gate for them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he does. Good, and good and then boy. the soldiers come in, they kind of do their own thing, and it's it's just yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like they, a lot of this GI Joe plan hinged on stuff that they'd already established couldn't happen. <laughs> to me, the most ridiculous, the most ridiculous thing. Because at some point, and it's not this, at some point a skeleton is talking to Cobra Commander. Sure. Oh, yes. That's not the most ridiculous thing. The most ridiculous thing is that, like, three seconds later, he he runs right into two Joes. Yes. And instead like, of immediately stop. grabbing him, he he just goes through the middle of them and runs away. And they're like, ah, there he goes. Too fast for us. Duke, this is what makes Duke, again, a terrible leader is because he's perfectly okay with uh, <laughs> with Cobra Commander running away every episode. Like, well, we're okay. He outweighs him by like 40 pounds. All he would have to do is take one step to his right and stand in his way. And he's like, nah. And he's running down steps. So making him lose his balance would not be hard. It Here's is the thing. infuriating. His eyes are full of the uh, terror, uh, fear of death. <laughs> 
He is contemplating his own mortality, his memento mori, and Duke just cannot comprehend it. He is stunned into immobility, looking and trying to trying to figure out, like uh, someone with Asperger's, what <laughs> is that person feeling? And it just w- blows right by him. Well, I will say that I got a little I got a little twinge of satisfaction here because at some point one of the ghosts I don't remember who it is says about Cobra Commander like that he'll get, essentially get his on the other side. That was a skeleton. Yep. Oh yeah, and and I was which just I like, assume I assume was the Centurion. Oh really? Really? He's, he, he, I thought he has it was the a, power. A he has the power to person. move the ske- skeleton. Oh, I assumed that it was another spirit. Yeah, I assumed that it was another spirit that, like, all of the, uh, like, the the underworld was in turmoil. You guys, I am trying to give a little hand up to the poor centurion who didn't do dick this episode. <laughs> no, he does, don't give him <laughs> he more didn't, credit. He didn't bust down no You know what? Gates. He was a dick. Credit. Let me just he say, he, hey, he stopped quick kick from stealing all the frozen fudgy bars from that factory. <laughs> he actually is the good guy in this episode now that I think mm. about it. Except that he was a jerk to that poor kid. Um, and then at which point, like, they save the day, they bury the three lockets, or the locket, the ring, and the coin. Mm-hmm. And then there's this really, like, really... I got weepy. I got a little. I got a little teary eyed when Wild Bill stops, takes two steps, stops, turns around, and he sees the plane flying away, and the kid gives a thumbs up with Jenny right next to him. Yeah, Jenny, who's, not, a, who's a blonde, by the way. Of course, she's they're a breaking. They're breaking the mold of their redhead thing. Well, yeah, but I mean, in World War One, that's yeah, everyone that's was true. blonde in World War One. She was that super was hot. But yeah, I did because at first I was like, "What is this? Is a weird moment with Wild Bill?" Because before he turned around and saw the, he was just lingering by the grave, and I was like, "This is strange." You know, it's Wild Bill sober for the first time in fifteen years, and he's having sober thoughts. I mean, I think he's been <laughs> drinking and doing all these drugs for those years to hide to hide his demons. Yes, like to tamp down those demons, and this was the first time he was like, "Oh my god, I really I need a drink. I'm having thoughts that I like can't." Can't, well, Bill's like, can't face. I've hurt and let down a lot of people. Uh huh. And then he was probably like, "Am I gonna? Am I gonna face my comeuppance on the other side, like Cobra Commander? <laughs> or am I gonna get a hot blonde to fly off into the distance yeah. with?" Then he looks up in the sky and goes, "I'm gonna get that hot blonde." <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie. In that moment, like the music, like like the little piano music playing in the background. Yeah. And then when he gives the thumbs up, I'm now getting to the age for guys <laughs> where nearly everything is gonna start making me cry. <laughs> You mean menopause? <laughs> yes, I'm having menopause. Uh, basically, the closer that you get to 40, and then definitely when you pass 40, <laughs> literally everything starts making you sad and making you have the ennui of roadblock. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this episode of G.I. Joe from 30 years ago that I haven't watched in a long time. And I'm not even kidding. Like the one little just goes <laughs> right in my eye. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're crying at a cartoon. What am I, and it's it's a happy moment. It's so happy. I'm getting teared up right now. I guess oh. it is happy, but it is also still depressing. Still, it's still a little sad. Yeah, and that's my takeaway from the Phantom Brigade: depressing and happy, but still a little sad. I I dug it. I'm a big I'm a big horror fan. I felt like I got a little a little taste of that. I I liked it. And we already established we passed the Bechtel test with this one. Yeah, we put this a lot. Do we, do we put this one kind of in the upper echelon of episodes we've seen so far? For me, yes. It's not bad. I yeah. would, I would put it at le- out of the eighteen. I would put it in my top three. Top three. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to go like twenty questions and so all the Buzz Dixon ones. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Hall Down the Heavens was very, very good. 
Uh, you know, I'm a I huge still fan like of giant parif- vegetables. Giant vegetables, yeah. Greenhouse <laughs> effect was fantastic. Uh, I put this one in the upper middle, but it definitely, definitely is going to one that's going to stick with me for a while. That's the thing is, even the ones that you just named, I had to in my mind be like, "What was that one about? What was that one about?" But the, but for this one, if you just said like the ghost one, I'm gonna. This is the one that I'm gonna okay. remember. Fair I'm enough. Betting there are some more ghost ones down the line. I hope. Uh, probably. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. There's only so many plot lines we can go around for 85 episodes. I hope so. I just remember that there was an episode with a, a sort of a supernatural element, which was when the golems come to life in that one episode. Oh, in the Pyramid oh, of right, Darkness. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff that happens that could be mechanical, but probably isn't mm-hmm. for Cobra Commander. Uh, th- th- you know what, though? Thank God we got this episode to palate cleanse after Synthoid Conspiracy Part 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah. Especially that terrible second episode. Yeah, this was this redeemed it. That's good for me right there. Well, guys, I'm going to say right now, we uh, uh, get ready for next week. We have a big surprise special for you guys. You guys are going to love it. You're going to be very excited. Guys, we have a very special announcement. Uh, we're going we're to let the cat out of the bag, everybody. Actually, yeah. Gina did earlier. She didn't realize it. Oh, is that what? right? When did I? Yeah. Oh, I did. What did you say? <laughs> I missed that entirely. You'll have to... I, I, I said something about he, he filled us in on this now that we talked to him. Oh, blah, blah, blah. well, you know what? If you didn't know what Gina was talking about about then you may know now <laughs> boom guys buzz dixon buzz buzz the dixon. man buzz dixon came and he recorded an episode with us live yeah. in studio yeah so next week we're gonna uh, we're gonna break it down into two episodes mm-hmm. and we've got a plus on top of it, we've got know your joe writer buzz dixon mm-hmm. so two gonna, of them because he i mean yes. basically he he is he's been doing this since 1978 that's I think correct said. yeah i mean he like he was and he wrote for not just G.I. Joe, but Transformers, he, My Little Pony, and humans, like all of this. Jem, Fundar the Barbarian. Later the, on in life, yeah. Tiny Toon Adventures. Batman the Animated Series. Batman the Animated Series. The Inhumanoids. And he's got some stories. Well. He's got some stories, but also he... he confirms or denies several of our bigger bigger um, theories. Gina, he confirms way more than he denies. I know, but if you've ever, if you've ever wondered if, if our musings are correct about the show mm. and what was going on, the answer is, he answers them. Yeah. He answers that. Mm. But anyway, Buzz Dixon, who's a total G, you guys are going to love it. Awesome. Uh, we have him here in studio and it's going to be broken down over the next two weeks because we just had so much material. We didn't want it. We wanted to kind of stretch it out a little bit because we're those kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. So Buzz Dixon next week, story editor uh season one uh, assistant story editor season one story editor season two and he wrote a million episodes basically the boss including yeah. some of our favorite episodes if you've been listening most of yeah. our favorite episodes are podcast. buzz dixon episodes yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why i'm excited and uh yeah so you guys get ready for that until then though because you have to wait till wednesday for know your joe uh all writer part one mm-hmm. uh but until then i am race to canis you can catch me on twitter i am at almighty ray i'm robert chan i'm at 999 rpms i'm Gina Ippolito, and I'm at Gina Ippy. You weren't even sure about that. I, really well, I was there. like, do I need to say my name? I'm the only girl. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we, we got a little messed up because we're sitting at different parts of the table <laughs> yes, this time. This yes. is weird, guys. This is like <laughs> petting a cat like the it. wrong way, and I don't like it. I crave structure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Catch it Wednesday for part one of our interview with Buzz Dixon. Until then, good night.
Hello, dear listeners. Do you enjoy playing video games with your best friends? Then I have the pod for you. I'm Philip, host of The Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Each week, my co-host Nave and I break down a cooperative experience in gaming. And we are always looking for new co-op partners to join us. So come play with us on The Gaming Together podcast. So I'm standing over this toilet taking a piss and I'm playing my Pokemon and I dropped it in the toilet. I remember the Game Boy just tumbling into water. And I remember screaming for my mom trying to get this Game Boy. Wait, how old are you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. And oh I was my just, god. Like, traumatized. I was like, no, my, my Pokemon. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Come on down, co op partners.